Hello and welcome back for episode 19 of the Newbie Dentist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Omid Azami. I'm recording this intro from Australia. I just moved down to Melbourne a couple days ago and just getting settled in and uh, waiting for my dental license to come in so I can uh, start looking for work and hopefully land something pretty soon and get going again. So over the next few weeks, since I have a little bit more time on my hands, I'm going to be focusing on the podcast a little bit more and trying to uh, increase the frequency of which I release episodes. Uh, I have a fair few recorded, so I'm trying to you know release two episodes per week for the next few weeks to get caught up a little bit here. I want to thank everyone who has been supporting the podcast. We've been doing pretty well, and the numbers have been steadily growing. The downloads are increasing week by week, and uh, it's been downloaded in 46 countries now around the world, which is pretty humbling. So I do want to thank everyone for their support, and as usual, please do reach out to me on Instagram at NewbieDentist if you have any tips or suggestions on how to improve the show or if you have any recommendations for any guests that you'd like to see featured on the show as well. In this episode, I have Dr. Ryan McCall out of Indiana, a fantastic dentist who's doing things his way, uh, and pretty interestingly, actually. So he has uh, several offices uh, under the McCall Dentures uh, name, and he basically runs out of two chairs and just does extractions, implants, and dentures. He has a model of you know low-end and high-end dentures, uh, which is pretty cool, and it suits you know his customer base uh, really well. Uh, he lectures and is uh, actually lecturing this upcoming week at the townie meeting for, for Dental Town. So if you are attending, if you do speak to him, please say hi for me if you've heard this before the, the conference starts. Um, so without further ado, we'll jump into the episode. I hope you enjoy it and we'll see you next time. Welcome to the Newbie Dentist Podcast, the safe place for newbie dentists to connect, collaborate, learn, and grow. The Newbie Dentist Podcast aims to provide high-quality and high-value content for all the newbie dentists out there. With your host, Dr. Omerizami. So, uh, Dr. McCall, I just wanted to sort of start off and, uh, you know, talk about your background a little bit, uh, why you sort of got into dentistry in the first place. Um, and then uh, as we get through that, I want to sort of see sort of your journey, what your journey has been like uh, transitioning, you know, from dental school into private practice. Um, and, you know, it seems like you're a multiple practice owner now in a sure. pretty unique uh, environment and, and practice style. So uh, I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit more detail uh, later in the show. So uh, if you can just start us off with your background story and we'll sort of uh, jump off from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I grew up in Effingham, Illinois, so kind of South Central Illinois, and I went to Indiana University for undergrad, and then I went to dental school in Chicago. So I had a good experience. It was a good dental school, and we had some really good professors, so I enjoyed it. And then after dental school, I moved to Colorado. Uh, My my wife and I moved to Durango, Colorado for a year, and it was so nice, and we skied a ton. And we really enjoyed it, but it's, it's so far from family. So we moved to Fort Collins, Colorado, right. and I bought an office up there from an older gentleman and tried to, he was just doing replacement dentures only. Yeah. And Colorado is very competitive and there are a lot of dentists there. So I tried to switch it over to a general dentistry practice to make it more family oriented. And I realized kind of really on that I needed to find a niche and kind of make myself a little bit more unique, especially in Colorado. So we switched to the denture thing yeah. and then it just kind of took off from there. So that's pretty cool. So it's been a wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, like in, uh, again, so what, what year did you uh, graduate from dental school? 
I graduated in 08, so I guess I've been out almost 10 almost years, 10 years now, and we ended up selling that practice. Yeah. Um, a friend from Dentaltown found an office in Indiana that was only doing immediate dentures, and he was working out of like two chairs, yeah. you know, two days a week, and he put the practice on the market and sat there for almost three years, and no one was wow. interested. And one of my friends was like, oh, this would be a perfect opportunity for you, yeah. so I flew to Indy. Um, on a Thursday, and we brought we bought the practice on a Friday, <laughs> nice. and then flew back on a Saturday. Yeah, so it was a pretty crazy trip. Um, but my wife's from St. Louis, and yeah. I grew up in Illinois, so I wanted to get closer to family because we have four kids. Yeah. So we came back to Indiana, and I'm back home again in Indiana. Yeah. And now we're working on our fourth office, oh, and hopefully our fifth pretty soon. Yeah, so it's growing really well. And I tried to keep the Colorado practice, and I thought I could manage it from afar, but that's tricky, just yeah. too far. Oh, so <laughs> tricky. So I we ended up, I I got a couple offers on the practice, and I found a prosthodontist who was really nice, and he was going to keep the whole staff. Oh, and he his offer is a little bit lower, but I liked him really mm-hmm. well. Um, so I actually flew back from Indy to Colorado for a full year. I commuted. Um, and I would work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in Colorado and come back here on Thursday and Friday. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. Off of. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and then I'd fly out on Sunday and do it again. Wow. It was like the longest year of my whole yeah, life. Yeah, tough. But he, he came in and you know took care of the staff and everything. It was a good transition. Yeah. So worked out in the end, but it was a long year. Yeah. I learned a lot. For sure. So in terms of like doing like denture uh, dentistry pretty much like when when did you realize like you're actually interested in doing that um like were you doing that a lot in school because i know nowadays uh it's hard to find i mean like you know and like i would study dentistry in australia university of melbourne like i we only did like two denture cases like the whole four years that i was in school and then, oh, really? i know like um you know most um, most programs in the u.s now in canada maybe they're not doing like that many dentures either uh, for patients, maybe there's going to be some variation here and there, but so was that something that in dental school, you're like, Oh, I really like, I enjoy doing this and this is what I want to do. Or is it something that kind of, when you moved to Colorado, just fell in your lap and you kind of enjoyed it? That's a great question. Um, in dental school, one of my professors gave me a really difficult case. Um, and looking back, it was, she was probably like testing me, but I, I, it went really well. And the patient loved it. And then I found an office in Durango where I was, and they were doing like um, affordable style, same day dentures. And I did that for a while, and the money was really good, but I just didn't enjoy it. So I I knew there had to be a better way. And when we found the other office, um, started making a little bit higher end dentures. And the process kind of changed a little bit. But yeah, I mean, in dental school, I did a fair amount. Uh, I was fortunate, but I'm, you know, interviewing some new grads right now that have never done a lower denture, yeah. <laughs> um, and most most have never done a molar endo. Too, yeah, no, so it's kind of <laughs> the dental education is hard, man. Bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, it's tough too because like we we're not getting as much experience in dental school, and then we're graduating into like a competitive like workforce um, where like a lot's demanded, and you got to try and keep a lot of things in house, and you don't have the experience necessarily. So it's a little bit of a uh, tricky balancing act, to, like stay within your comfort zone, but also like try and push it a little bit to try and, uh, you know, do more procedures and trying things out. So with uh, the denture practices, now that you're in Indiana, so is this pretty much like all you do, like people come in with like terminal dentition and you just offer like full, full clearances and mm-hmm. dentures, or um, I know you're doing some implants and stuff as well. Um, but do you do like, when's the last mm-hmm. time you did like a class two composite? <laughs> um, gosh, I can't remember. <laughs> 
eight years ago. Yeah. Maybe? Okay. <laughs> I got another duck that yeah. works for me part time, and he's very good at restoring. Okay. <laughs> so I, I realized early on that I wasn't <laughs> for kind of like the restorative bread and butter practice, and some of my friends like really enjoyed doing yeah. that. It just wasn't for me. I think of my personality and my skill set, dentures were just a natural fit. Yeah. So I really started to thrive when I kind of focused on that only and, and dove into it. And I made some bad dentures early on because, you know, like you're saying, you, you don't have a lot of training coming out. So I just made them and found some really good lab techs to work with. And we've been fortunate to find some awesome lab techs here. Yeah. Um, so we've got a we've got our own central lab and yeah mostly dentures extractions implants um you know i i don't think i've done a crown in about eight years either and it was on my mom yeah <laughs> and i use gold uh, so i would, I would not be the go-to guns or tony or anything like yeah. that that's very cool and um so obviously uh, it's been really cool and i enjoy yeah. it um so we found obviously we connected over instagram and you have a really like booming like Instagram page with uh, McCall Dentures. So when did that sort of start? Is that, um, did you start it off initially as like, you know, when you opened up your, when you moved back to Indiana and started those practices um, as like a sort of like a marketing play and then it's sort of like exploded. Cause it seems like obviously with uh, Instagram pages is like kind of like two streams. I think it's like one is like, you know, clinicians posting their clinical stuff just to connect with the dental community. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's like dental practices, you know, promoting to patients and like showing cases to acquire yeah. patients. So how was, how's that sort of been for you? Like the Instagram thing for your practice? Um, is that when you initially started out as like a marketing thing and now you have a lot of dentists from like around the world, like asking you clinical questions as well. How's that experience been? Um, so I actually started on Facebook and this would have been five, six years ago. We're in Indiana. Yeah. Um, you know, back when organic interaction was free and you could post a picture and get 600 likes yeah. and not have to pay for oh, it. Yeah. And, and that just exploded. I mean, I worked probably five years in Colorado and had like 900 followers. And once we moved to Indiana, you know, I think we're up to over 18,000, almost 20,000 wow. at our Indy location yeah. and then like five at another one. And I mean, we're, we've got an office that's not quite open yet. And we're, we've already got a thousand followers for that. And that's all, that's all patient based stuff. Um, the Instagram, I was kind of hesitant on. I actually didn't think it would work for anything. Yeah. Um, but now I'm finding out that it really does. So I've been kind of diving into that hardcore the last year or so. And I got invited to an Instagram conference out in LA last year, last summer. Oh, no way. That's so great. I got to fly out and meet some really, really cool you know, entrepreneurs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's so incredible. Really interesting. That's awesome. So it seems like uh, you just uh, yeah. crush it at everything you're doing. So. <laughs> um, so um, Yeah, a lot of social media. Yeah, yeah. So can you uh, just... Uh, for like a lot of listeners who are like new associates um, and like, you know, looking for different types of positions. Uh, Cause I know like, you know, doing dentures may necessarily not be like the most appealing for a lot of people. Um, you know, they want to do like more like uh, cosmetic dentistry or like aesthetic dentistry. So what's like the biggest pros and cons of being in the type of practice that you have right now? Um, if like an associate's listening and they want to you know find that type of practice or open that kind of practice down the line for themselves. Um, I think the main issue is probably patient management and personality. You know, I, I think coming out, I wanted to do a lot of cosmetic stuff too. Yeah. So I did some veneer cases and I did a bunch of full mouth rehabs and kind of got that out of my system and realized that that's a lot of work, mm-hmm. you know, and it can sometimes be high overhead and you can, if you have a remake on a full mouth case, you know, it's going to be a serious remake. Yeah. So the denture thing just appealed to me in that regard. Um, but it's been kind of difficult to find associates and, 
in the state just because you know they're like you said they're not interested in doing dentures they really want to do you know full mouth rehab and veneers and cosmetic things and invisalign so yeah. it's, it, it's a little bit different approach but my main main issue is in finding help and guys that are interested in doing dentures and making quality dentures and working with that patient base so it's a it's a different patient base um, but they're also the most rewarding cases you're ever going to do. For sure, you yeah. Know? Like you deliver some immediates on, I had one, a kid this morning, 30 years old, and, you know, I looked like a new man. Yeah. He was crying and stuff. It was just awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I've been, uh, it's different. Yeah. I've been lucky enough. Um, I mean, I haven't done a whole lot of dentures this year. I've done a f- maybe like three or four cases where I've done like, you know, some lower, uh, some full clearances and, and done that whole immediate thing. And it is, it is an awesome like experience, like start to finish. Uh, cause I, even like as a, cl- like on the clinical side, like obviously I enjoy like, uh, like a lot of people like doing extractions and, um, and doing all that part of it. And then the restorative side with like the, with the dentures and, and getting the occlusion and everything and done right. And so I was hoping, you know, for the, you know, the next half of the podcast, we can, May talk about a little bit about like the clinical side of it, because uh, I know uh, just for my own interest, and I, I'm sure I ask questions that I think other people are curious about as well. Um, yeah. So, if you don't mind, uh, maybe like talk us through like uh, mm-hmm. like a case, like just very briefly, like start to finish. So, like a patient presents, you know, they've got uh, uh, you know pretty bad st- uh, state of dentition. They got some mobile teeth, some perio, and some caries, and you know they're interested in like full clearances. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's your like thought process when you're like doing your treatment planning and and uh, like the steps, like the communication with the lab, uh, more more specifically, uh, mm-hmm. to get like a, a case back that actually like fits well and doesn't need a whole lot of adjustment up front. Um, just to, as a bit of a background, I did a case a couple months uh, ago. A patient had an existing full upper, and uh, I did a full like lower, like a lower clearance and gave her some dentures, and the the bite came back like so off, and it was like I couldn't even like chair side fix it, mm-hmm. so I had to. It was basically like a remake, oh, no. so I got stuck with that. And so the poor patient yep. uh, didn't have basically like lower teeth for like a couple, couple of weeks until the new ones were made. So uh, it was like a mm-hmm. really bad experience, but a good learning uh, experience nonetheless. So for someone who's been doing it like day in day out for the past you know uh, several years, uh, what's like your main like points that uh, you think you can help out like a new grad to improve their immediate? We're fortunate. No, sure. We're fortunate that we have our own lab and I think we have some of the best lab techs in the state. So they can usually help me out with the remakes. But, you know, when you first get rolling, it's kind of difficult because you've got the lab team and you've got the remake and you have a disgruntled patient. And, you know, it's complicated. Yeah. So I'm actually lecturing at Dentaltown Conference oh, this nice. year. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to show some some more clinical okay. stuff on kind of what we do in the process and so yeah. forth. And I just visited Ivo Clark's campus out in Buffalo a couple of weeks yeah. ago. And that was so cool. Yeah, they were really nice, yeah. and a bunch of good yeah. guys. So I, I really enjoyed the trip. Um, but you know, I, I I keep it pretty simple. And I think honestly, like if you if you take a good impression and get a good bite and do a try in, like ninety nine percent of the time you're going to be fine as long as you have the patient management skills to handle you know difficult cases and frustrated patients and things like that. So for your remake patient, you know she's probably frustrated and it's going to be difficult as a new grad, especially as an associate in the practice with a patient like that. So you have to just kind of put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, most of our patients come in, they know they need dentures or a partial or, you know, maybe a flexible partial or cast metal or something. But if they need, you know, restorative, a class two or a gold crown or something like that, I've got a lot of friends who do that sort of thing. So we refer to them. And then, you know, if they need big stuff or sort of tuneral surgery, yeah. we've got probably five or six who really like working with an indie. So 
So I'm a small niche guy. <laughs> That's awesome. And you're winning at that game. So uh, with your extractions, do you um, normally do it like under sedation or are you just doing it under local most of the time? Uh, well, how's that process for you? We do oral sedation. I had looked into getting IV sedation yeah. and it, it would definitely help. Um, it's a lot of training if you're a newbie. Yeah, you know, for sure. I'd look into it, but for me, it just wasn't going to make sense because if it, if our patients need an IV, I, I just send them to my good friend who's an oral surgeon yeah. and he does nice work. Um, but for someone you know, who wants to keep everything in-house, that might be worth looking into. I, I know the requirements are pretty rigorous, yeah. um, but you know, you gotta, you got to be real careful with IVs. And oral sedation is pretty safe, yeah. so I took the doc's course. And, mm, it was good. Yeah, so yeah, oral. Most people, they're just fine. Do you do oral with uh, like nitrous together, or you just do oral by it's, like just oral by itself? No, just oral by itself. Yeah. Um, I noticed that usually the kids too, especially, but some people would puke with the nitrous. I've kind of gotten away yeah. from that. And I'd say all of our patients do just fine. I've only had one patient that, you know, couldn't get adequately comfortable. So we just kind of set them up mm-hmm. and, you know, refer them to the oral surgeon. So. Okay. That's very good. And um, so, but uh, if you're young and you want to keep it, I would recommend doing IV. If you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I've been looking into. I did my, uh, so in Canada here for, uh, for to like doing moderate sedation so like oral and if you want to mix it with like nitrous um it's like a sort of like a weekend mm-hmm. course you got to do uh but the iv one's a bit full-on and it's quite expensive as well it's about like twenty thousand dollars to get like that permit um and go through the training for it, it so is. and uh like the like the risk reward like you mentioned as well it's a little bit of, uh like generally it's safe uh obviously with the new medications and everything like that but there is still that uh the risk and you, a lot of people don't want that liability on their shoulders right so yeah. yeah. So, so you mentioned, so you said your practices are like, you work at like two chairs. Is that right? Yeah. That's my nickname. Yeah. Two chairs with the Z. <laughs> like, like the rapper. Two chairs. Yeah. <laughs> so how's that, how's that work? Yeah, Cause I guess, do you guys do like have a, you don't have mm-hmm. like a hygiene program really, do you? Is it just like patients come in, they get the treatment and they kind of head off? Or do you have like a sort of like a recall program where patients come back with their dentures and you review everything every so often? I do my own hygiene, so if they need a prophy, it's usually on lower teeth. Yeah. Um, and if they got really nice teeth, I've got you know three or four friends that do hygiene and restorative, so we work with those on those cases. I just referred a couple this morning, yeah. but he's a, he's a good guy and he does better restorative than I do. So if they're, I look at their age first, to be honest with yeah. you, and if they're young, I try to keep teeth yeah. as often as possible. Even if they want to take them all out, I try to talk them out yeah. of it. Um, and then if, you know, it's a terminal dentition case, then, then I'll take care of it. But we, we try to hold on to teeth and if they need restorative and things like that, I'm happy to refer to some good friends who also don't enjoy doing dentures. So it works out really well. <laughs> so it's nice. Well, so like you're basically a denture specialist in your town. So if you'll just refer to you and then you refer back and stuff, it's pretty cool. Um, kind of, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of surgical process yeah. and I've got a good friend who's in surgical process residency right now and that's what I would love to have join us would be someone to could place implants and, and then we could start milling and things like that but that's probably two years down the road yeah. so. okay that's pretty cool so what's your plans for uh, like the business side of things it seems like you have a pretty good model of like a low overhead um, uh, and just you know just keeping everything in house and you have your own lab you got the three four, uh, the fourth practice on the way uh, what's like the long term vision for McCall Dentures our plan is probably to open one or two offices every year for about the next 10 years oh, wow. um, then, and then see where we're at. So 
yeah, finding help is going to be the key. Yeah. You know, I want to teach some new grads and how to make dentures. Yeah. You know, I don't want to bash on dental schools or anything, but they're just not getting the experience right Yeah, no, I right totally now. agree. So I, I think I can help in that regard. And a lot of them that I meet too, you know, they, they think the dentures might be kind of, I don't want to say beneath them, but, you know, underneath like where they want to be. Like, and, uh, old old school dentistry, find. maybe, they think. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I have an old school mindset, yeah. you know, it's like I could work out of two barber chairs and be <laughs> totally fine with it. And, you know, a lot of guys want to have, you know, 14 ops or 40 yeah. ops and that's fine. I mean, that's cool, but we're a little bit different model. So it's, it's a bit more sustainable. And I think, you know, it's a little bit easier to open up multiple, like multiple locations. Yeah. That. So do you want to, so we're, yeah. we're low cost office, high quality. <laughs> yeah, that's, the way, that's kind that's of our, way to go. Know. And uh, is this going to be like all within uh, Indianapolis or you want to go like nationwide with it or? Um, we're going to stay in Indiana right now and we had looked into franchising. Yeah. It's going to be a lot. So I, I think we're going to work on the strategic business plan and just kind of dial it down to Indiana and the Midwest right yeah. now. And then see where we're at in a few years because I have four kids and it's it's hard to travel and it's really difficult to, to manage multiple offices in many states. Yeah, so sure. the major hurdle for us, you know, is going to be centralizing our billing and, um, you know, getting a call center and all that fun yeah, stuff. Get the so systems in place. We're working on that right now. That's so, awesome. yeah, exactly. I mean, I was talking to a friend the other day yeah. that you have to have identical systems at every office, yeah. right? And you have to make sure that it's all at the same quality. So we're going to try and scale appropriately and kind of go at the right rate, find the right people to work with. So no, That's great. Because I think in the U.S., there's like another chain. Uh, obviously, we don't have it in Canada. like um, affordable dentures and implants. So is that, mm-hmm. that's like a nationwide yeah. one, right? Does a similar type of service or is that different to what you guys are probably like looking to do? Yeah, they're huge. I mean, they have, oh, I don't know how many offices, but they're based out of North Carolina and they are huge. And then Aspen Dental is another office. Yeah. Um, and they're, I believe, even bigger. Yeah. So we're, I, I probably wouldn't last a day in a corporation. <laughs> um, I'm a little bit different personality, yeah. eccentric, and you know it would be hard for me to to do something like that. Yeah. But we're a little different style. Um, when I moved here in Colorado, I was mostly doing you know high end premium dentures mm-hmm. and only high end premium dentures, and it, it was going very well. But when we moved here, I realized that you know there are so many like, twenty and thirty year old kids with just broken down teeth yeah. and bombed out molars and all that that. You know, I wanted to offer an alternative, so I did some pricing structure and we kind of tiered the system and realized that, you know, some of these full mouth cases, you know, just to get these kids an indenture, um, but it's it's actually a better option. And, and we still make a very, very nice denture and can compete with them on prices. So the materials we use in our dentures for our economy option, you know, are probably the same stuff you're getting from a lab for probably about the same price I'm charging patients to be honest with you yeah. and I think it's just as good as quality if not better yeah that's so awesome I'm happy to do that yeah, as well great, great yeah. service and a great uh, business model that's awesome and um, so you mentioned uh, it seems like you're pretty active uh, like with the dental town and stuff uh, when did you start doing all that um, being involved with the townie meetings and all that Oh, that was probably 18 years ago when I was an undergrad. Oh, really? So I would have been a freshman <laughs> in undergrad. Yeah. Actually, Howard Goldstein, he invited me to um, like an email group a long, long time ago with some older dentists yeah. and we stayed in touch. And then those were the early days. So like a lot of people posted on there and I just read everything. Yeah. And then I graduated and just started putting my cases on there. 
and you know i got kind of torn apart initially <laughs> um some lab technicians you know, they weren't super excited about the quality of my work and i get yeah. it you know i was just trying to get better so i kind of took it with you know some a grain of salt and it really actually helped us get much better so our quality is is top notch now at this point and it's been a learning curve but we've kind of you know progressively gotten better and found the right people and like you said, we're working on the systems right now. So once we get that all in place, we kind of see where it goes. That's awesome. Yeah, I had um, I was I was lucky enough. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Howard Fran as well. And I was lucky enough he came to Toronto uh, a while back and uh, we got to meet him and we actually recorded an episode together as well. So uh, he's been uh, doing great stuff with cool. uh, Town, and it's great that you're active on there. Yeah, so when, he is yeah, awesome. When's, uh, yeah, when's that next townie meeting? So I can, uh, is it coming up pretty soon or? Um, I think it's in April. Um, I'll send you a link and you can post it on yeah, there. But it's in April in Orlando. Yeah, yeah sure. And it's going to be great. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So I'll probably show some of the Smile Design Kit from Ivacor. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a nice product and a lot of their materials are top notch. So we have a base, all of our premium dentures mm-hmm. and colorize the gums and use some really nice teeth. Oh, so. Um, we, we can we can go high end and yeah. low end, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I, I kind of picked that up from Van Shoe Company. I thought that was genius. You know, if you think of Vans, um, they were that Instagram conference that I went mm-hmm. to, and I really learned a lot from their CEO. And they're just so smart. You know, they can sell high end and low end. Yeah, and uh, so we're just trying to do that as well. So. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, keep up the amazing work. Um, yeah, the McCall Dentures page has been has been a hit. Um, I like you're very active on there and you're always posting great cases and a lot of people are getting a lot of value from it. So like a lot of dentists and I'm sure the patient, the patients are seeing it as well and it's enticing them to, uh, to come in and, you know, change their smile and improve their quality of life and their confidence and everything too. So I do, I I think dentures are a pretty important option because not every, not everyone's going to be able to afford, you know, full mouth, uh, rehab or Mm -hmm. like implants and all that. So it's really nice economical option too. Uh, to fix up a smile. So I think uh, it's going to be a very successful model for you. Um, and it's just cool. It's cool to, uh, you know, speak to you and, and see how you're being so niche and, and doing, you know, such a specific task, mm-hmm. like over and over and just improving it and, and uh, refining the business model around that. And so um, I think it's something that I hadn't really thought about really. It's like, cause like I mentioned, not many people wanted to get into dentures or think about getting into dentures. Um, but I think it's, even in Toronto or in Canada, it can, it can be pretty successful, like a similar model because um, not many people are doing it or offering that. And just like we have, do you guys have a denturist over there as well? Or is that not uh, really? Uh, only a handful of states yeah. over here have dentures. Yeah. But I know in Canada, you guys have quite yeah, a few. Yeah, it's quite right? a few. And I think a lot of people, are just, a lot of general dentists don't even do dentures anymore. Just refer them out. So really? yeah, so it's interesting. But I think that's something that, um, I like to just try and try and learn everything to like a decent level. So uh, I've been doing a few cases, like I mentioned, and uh, seeing your work on Instagram really uh, nice. uh, it's been helpful. So it's been awesome to uh, chat with you. Um, I'll check out the uh, the townie meeting if I I don't know if I can attend. I think last year cool. they live streamed it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that was pretty cool. I yeah. think I was able to like, watch a bit of it on YouTube. So um, if I'm not able to attend, it'd be Kicker. yeah, it'd be cool to uh, see your talk and and get some more clinical tips. Uh, uh, at that talk and and try and improve my skill. Uh, so last question I have just just like a quick workflow thing just for for myself <laughs> since I have you here. Um, so after you place like an immediate denture, what's like your protocol afterwards? Um, like do you do like a chair side reline like after a few months and then send it back to a lab for like a hard reline or like what's that general steps like afterwards? 
I like to wait as long as possible. So we'll see in a couple of days after the surgery and make sure there aren't, you know, any major irritation spots or anything. Yeah. Um, make sure they don't have a dry socket. And then we'll actually let them wear them for a few months until they get really loose. And then we'll do a chair side rewind with the soft lining material. Yeah. Um, and I've tried everything. And there are some difficult ones to work with. And there are some really good ones to work mm-hmm. with. But you just kind of have to see what works best in your yeah. hands. And we'll do that. And then, you know, give them another couple months. And once it gets loose again, we'll do another soft liner. And, and we can charge more for that and be real judicious about it. But we're, we're pretty good to the patients and it helps with word of mouth. So we'll, we'll do that for about a year or so. Yeah. And then typically we'll just do a permanent reline or I guess you could call it a rebase after a yeah. year. So I like to wait as long as possible. I kind of learned the hard way. That, you know, if you rely on it too early and it gets loose, they're going to come back and be frustrated. Yeah. So now I'm, I would prefer to keep them in a soft liner as long as possible. And then at some point, you know, re- reline the inside okay. or the intaglio. Okay. So I didn't know. So you can do multiple soft relines. Do you take off the old one or you just kind of do it on top of the old soft reline? We take off the old yeah. one and our, assist, our assistants are really good at doing yeah. it. So um, we, we try to work with them on that and make sure that they get really good at doing the reline. Mm-hmm. So we take everything out and dig it out in the lab yeah. and then just put a whole new one in. So um, it's a process, yeah. but, you know, I think it gives me more time with the patients and it really helps me kind of guide them through the process. Because like I said, you know, communication and patient management skills are 99% of dentures. And I think that's where I can really help guys is teaching, or especially young guys like yourself, yeah. is teaching them the communication and the patient management side of it. And the clinical side, you know, that's that's pretty easy stuff, and I can definitely teach that. But learning how to, to manage expectations and communicate and, you know, work with problem patients is definitely where I, I see my future. Yeah. So, do, you have, uh, do you have any, like, uh, uh, CE courses that um, you, like you might be running yourself or have been running? that people can check out or uh, yeah we looked into it with a couple of really good prosthodontists yeah. and i'll send you their links um they're doing a couple um conferences but i can't make it unfortunately because mm-hmm. like i said we're, we've got four yeah, kids yeah. and <laughs> multiple practices so very busy right mm-hmm. now um but yeah hopefully down the road i can do something like that but it's just there's just not enough yeah, time in the day right you're now. in the growth phase right now so it's gonna be busy times <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like I want to start teaching in my growth phase. So that's the hard yeah. part. Um, but I, we got to find, uh, we're starting to find some older docs who have worked for some of these bigger corporations, yeah. that, you know, don't necessarily want to own their own practice and that have gotten tired of, you know, working in a corporate environment because, you know, it's not for everyone. So they're kind of starting to find us now. So it's been really, really helpful. That's awesome. And um, so if, uh, I do have a fair few listeners like in the U.S. is starting to, because I was I start off as like a lonely Canadian podcast, and now I'm getting some traction down in down south. So, um, if people uh, want to reach out to you, if uh, there's any dental students who are listening, or um, or new grads that you know are interested in dentures and are maybe looking into uh, finding an associateship position with you, with your new offices opening up, uh, what's the best way of them to uh, reach out to you? Um, you can send me a message on Instagram or just email me. I'll, I'll send you my email yeah. and shoot me an email. Um, and you know we're definitely open to older doctors too. For sure. Who- you know, want to want to slow down maybe and work part time, and are looking for, to get rid of a denture type of practice. That's definitely something we'd be interested in as well. But I can, since you're a newbie, yeah. um, it's in your name. I can I can definitely help some of the newbies out. I think on the teaching side. Yeah. 
But if they've done dentures and are really good with extractions, have them send me a resume. I'd love to. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I will definitely uh, post that up when the episode's ready to go. Uh, Thanks, uh, Ryan McCall, for uh, coming on your lunch break. I know you got a busy day, uh, four kids, four practices, and growing. So I really. uh, A popular social media account. So uh, thanks Mm -hmm. again for coming on. Um, It was a lot of you know good information. Like I mentioned, I'm trying to uh, condense the episodes a little bit so it's a little bit more uh sure yeah thanks yeah, for having me. friendly for the and if you have any oh that's a genius yeah. idea if you have any denture questions or anything at all just send me an instagram message and i'd be happy to help you with some for cases sure i really appreciate you it know, i've done over ten thousand yeah. dentures now so. <laughs> i think i've done five you know, so. and have all your listeners too <laughs> it's not a right yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't think i've yeah you'll get there it's um, funny i had a patient ask i was doing, yeah, yeah, I was no. doing something i forget it was like a filling or something and like it's one of those patients you're like can you say you've done this like a thousand times and i was like i don't think i've done anything like a thousand times yet so, <laughs> so we'll, we'll get there <laughs> the best response when you're young the best response is like to tell me you have the textbook in the back and make a joke out of yeah, it you yeah. know because you're gonna you get that along <laughs> like, you look young and yeah yeah just enjoy yeah, yourself exactly. and, and i think that's the key is to have a good time and to make sure that your patient has the best experience possible no matter what you do you know if you do restorative or if you do full mouth rehab or if you do dentures you know, just take your time with the patients to make sure that they have a good experience because that's how you're going to grow your practice and get word of mouth For referrals, sure. which are by far the, the best way to do it. So awesome. good luck so with much. everything, man. Thanks for having for sure. me on. Hopefully uh, we'll yeah. connect and uh, we'll do another one uh, sometime down the line. Sounds good. Good luck with Thank everything. You. Take care.